0: Hey guys, this is Brandon Fam. Be sure to check out our partner 80.lv's articles such as character production tips from Marie-Michelle Pepin. Show the way she can create her latest 3D stylized characters. Also, there's an awesome article on Old Hunter's Manor from Bloodborne done in UE4 where they talk about Moses Saint Flair, about the way he created this outstanding environment inspired by amazing game space and concept art. Also, if you're looking for awesome YouTube Unity tutorials, be sure to check out the Brackeys team on YouTube. All right, let's jump right into it.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all over the world, the globe, the galaxy, wherever you happen to be while this voice is coming through your earwaves, this is Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team, and Brandon and I thought it would be really awesome if we brought a celebrity guest to help us host the podcast. He has 100,000 miles on his United Airlines card. Mr. Brandon failed, actually
0: what's up everybody yes flying in to give you this podcast this week with a special guest please welcome this week blaine pascu hey blaine Thanks so much for having me <laughs>
2: uh, uh just in case anyone tripped up see i was trying to trick you guys by saying brandon and i brought a guest to host it, it was just brandon all along it was me. <laughs>
1: That's what happens when you have a celebrity,
2: right? Yeah, seriously, man. It's, I mean, they don't understand how cool it is to work with Brandon every week, so I just, you know. Uh, but Blaine, you're the guest of the hour. Uh, at the beginning of every podcast, we like to have our guests kind of walk the audience through their resume and their career history a little bit. So if you don't mind, can you give us the cliff notes of your job history? <laughs>
1: sure I mean uh, so most of my job history is actually just at unity uh, I've spent the past three years at unity um, two of those were working on the asset store team doing uh like asset management and curation so it would be a lot of hey uh, this person submits a 3d model hey i have to make sure that their textures look all right that they're actually like the materials are signed that it's kind of ready to go um in terms of as as best we could at least um but then uh, the other half is i, I re- more recently moved to a community and social media role and that's where i've been the past uh year and so i mean. To sum it up, that's that's pretty much my job history in the the games industry. Uh, Before that, I was attending the Art Institute studying 3D art and animation. Um, And so that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. Oh, nice. Oh, a survivor. Man. a survivor. <laughs> <laughs> I made it out of laugh. I deserve a little badge.
0: <laughs> oh. We do have these little circles once in a while and <laughs> talk about our experiences. <laughs> but like, that sounds great, dude. Like, uh, you know, that's like a home run as far as a yeah. resume goes, dude. <laughs> um, community managers in particular uh, is probably something that not a lot of people know about. It's starting to become a thing. Well, I mean, the last six, seven years, at least, (laughs) when social media started to blow up. Do you mind kind of going over what is a community manager for for all those noobs?
1: (laughs) Sure. I mean, uh, so the role of a community manager is really to do your best to engage and interact with your community. Um, So I guess... For my situation at Unity, a lot of that is I, I spend a lot of times on the forums talking to people. I spend a lot of time on answers talking to people. Uh, but to your note, uh, a lot of it's also on social media. And so I think it's funny. Some people in the office uh, say that I'm like one third of the Unity Twitter because there's only <laughs> it, it's actually pretty surprising. Our, our company is fairly large now and we have a huge social following. But there's only three of us that three to five of us, depending on the day, that saying
2: so manage that. <laughs> does it increase my chances of getting through if I just at Blaine instead of at Unity? <laughs>
1: uh, it might. Every once in a while, I actually get like a a DM from someone on my personal Twitter being like, hey, I did the, this cool thing. uh Can you share it? And we I mean, to the best of my ability, I try and accommodate. But
0: that's awesome. Um,
2: yeah.
1: And so, yeah, a lot of it's reaching out to different people in different communities. I, I have a lot of friends in the San Francisco game development community that I keep touch with or keep in touch with. Um, and aside from just engaging, uh, one of the things I really enjoy about being a community manager, it's this idea that I can kind of hear what people are saying in our community, get, gather feedback and, and push it back to the different teams in our department. So, uh, say someone's having a lot of trouble or say something launches and it's going really well uh, i can echo that feedback back to the team who worked really hard on it and make them feel good about themselves uh or inversely if there's something that all of a sudden blows up a build's super unstable which uh has happened before it's it's a lot of hard work, kind of gathering and and trying to break all these voices down and and figure out where to properly pipe them to get the issue addressed yeah. um so, yeah, I mean, at a broad level, it's a lot of social media. It's a lot of our community forums and platforms, and it's a lot of listening to people.
2: So from a social media standpoint, you know, there's always information that you have that people want to know, you know, so is, <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. is it like walking that line of like, oh, man, I hope I don't spill some beans today. You know what I mean? Uh, I think I walk it pretty well. I mean, <laughs> the company's always got a lot going on
1: and uh, we always do our best to to communicate what needs to happen at the right time um and so that's a, a separate part of the job is making out timelines and trying to keep in mind everything that's going on especially at a company with so many different teams keeping yeah. all the information together and keeping it all mm-hmm. like in the forefront of your mind but also knowing that it's not the thing you're actively working on is is fairly hard but uh it's kinda, it's enjoyable it is funny like being a secret keeper I guess if I would brand myself like
0: that, (laughs) (laughs) being a secret keeper, but then you have the key to like the gate every day. (laughs) It's a a weird, like Larry's touching on a very funny uh, subject. like walking the line. It it really does feel like you're one character away (laughs) from (laughs) letting it loose. It's it's kind of scary in a way. Some of the most stressful points of my work life are
1: actually uh, not even at work. say I'm at home on my personal Twitter, and if I like oh, like, like or retweet something on my personal Twitter, I have that like five seconds of fear that I just blasted the whole Unity <laughs> audience with just some random internet thing that no one needs to know about. That's <laughs> that's actually a really big fear of mine. Uh, I'm glad it hasn't happened yet, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: your the community manager. Yeah, well, sorry, no, that's uh, the community good. manager role. Um, Has always interested me since I feel like in part it's um, it's uh, it has its beginnings in the modding community, right? Just a Mm -hmm. company communicating with their community in some way or some form, and then it evolved into an actual role in the company that you know it really does matter how we are perceived with. Our audience and how do we engage in them in like the recent years and while well, social media blowing up and now it's being recognized as very important.
1: Yeah, and I mean to your point, I think maybe not just the modding community. I think it really derives from before we had social media. We had forums that that needed to be moderated. Um, and so a lot of that, like a lot of the daily chores that you would do, like making sure no one's—I mean, I haven't seen him recently—but flame wars back in the day were a really big thing. Uh, and so, just kind of making sure that there's some sort of guidelines and there's some sort of tone set for the community, and then kind of holding to that uh, to the best of your ability, but not appearing like the all all being or the the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: yeah oh man i miss those flame war days (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean they were uh they were what they were (laughs) they're they're a lot more dangerous now because like your conversation can be shared and spread everywhere like but through if like on twitter retweets and replies and oh my god it's you can't manage it as well as you're used to like oh end of thread you know that's it (laughs) can't do that shit anymore Yeah. I mean, it is it is fun though because you do get to, to talk to a lot
1: of people and see a, a lot of different views and perspectives on things, especially in the tech industry. It's really interesting to see how many different ways, or maybe not tech, but game development, how many different ways there is to do one thing. So if someone comes into our community and has a, a question on, hey, how do I make this object move from here to there? There'll be maybe four or five people popping in being like, no, this is the best way. No, this is the best way. And so it's really funny that there's just so many different ways to approach problems and the community that we've built has
0: a lot of them <laughs> they have a lot of different thinkers and creatives so it's fun yeah like larry and i have trouble just keeping up with 20 of our followers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i can't imagine having like that many people just really paying attention to everything you you yeah. do on social media uh, are there kind of warnings or or uh, uh things that you see that people use social media in the wrong way that you would recommend, Hey, maybe think of it as this, because I'm still wrapping my head around how exactly do I manage my time to do this extra work, (laughs) you know, which is very important because it it just, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's, there's really,
1: okay. There's probably a wrong way to do social media, but I think a lot of what, Uh, creates value in a channel is your own exposition. And so this idea that people follow you because of your personality or if you're a company, it's people follow you because of uh, the content that you produce on, on behalf of your company. But it's also about the spin you take on like industry events. So finding not industry events, but anything that's happening in the industry that your audience is interested in, Uh, but then not just sharing it and not just kind of echoing it. It's this idea of like adding your, your own personality to it. Mm -hmm. So while I don't think there's like a wrong way, to do social media because i mean there's tons of people that have the little twitter egg and have have just like a bunch of stuff that maybe no one will follow
0: yeah uh, mm-hmm.
1: but to make yourself really good at or to make your account really really strong it's a lot about uh kind of finding your own voice and making that uh, appealing to your audience if that makes sense
2: oh i definitely know the wrong way to do social media when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> being like let's say an independent game developer or artist or you know just somebody trying to build something is like Spamming the things that you do in a way that it's like super advertising, like, Hey, I just reduced the price on this awesome game I just made. And people like, I wasn't going to buy your game anyway. So, why do I care that you reduce the price? Like, you know, I think yeah. you'll see more success with behind the scenes or in development or just cool, like, side content and a lot less of like product updates versus product development updates. You, you get what I'm saying? Sure. Like, I think you can do a lot yeah, I mean- better. Okay. Oh,
1: yeah, different content definitely lives better on different channels, and so stuff like content updates, uh, while it does fine on Twitter or wherever you're posting it, you don't want it to be your only
2: yeah.
1: only content, basically, is what I'm trying to get at. Is You want to make sure you have your own voice in everything that's going on and not just your own voice in uh, what you're doing, if that makes sense.
2: Sorry to interrupt your Twitter feed, but hey, my game is on sale. Google Play, two ninety nine. Like $2.99. no likes, no retweets, no nothing. It's just gonna sit there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I definitely spend a few minutes of my day kind of like slowly filtering out a lot of spam that comes through and that's not like someone that's tweeting at us 10 times a day like that's valid but that's like a bot that's constantly on our hashtag or constantly doing something and just making my life harder so (laughs) you're right that is the wrong way to do it because then it's instantly
2: just off of my radar (laughs) oh man we're so desensitized to that kind of marketing (laughs) so let's walk back all the way
0: from the college days. So how about... <laughs> <laughs> how about did you get into this? Because uh, this is pretty pretty crazy, man. Like, Unity of anything, of all the companies, uh, game companies, uh, in the last six, five, seven years, mm-hmm. I thought Unity just completely obliterated uh, the rise yeah. of any other company. Like, they just... Their increase is insane. And I was telling, like, Larry, we visited... Uh, Unity a couple weeks back
2: or a month back. Thank you, Unity.
0: Thank you, Unity. <laughs> um, what was impressive was like I was telling Larry right away. There's a lot of young, high spirited. I mean, there's a good mix of like let's just call it experience and then <laughs> young, hipster like, forward thinking type of people. And it was a really interesting mix that I wasn't used to. Yeah. Um, sure. But it it, it lends to how Unity just was able to adapt and change so quickly compared to everyone else.
2: Before before you jump in, I want to kind of co-sign. Like at Unity, there were men, there were women, there were old, middle, young, and there were all races, sexual orientation. (laughs) Like there was everything. Anything that you could say was like a cultural hot button that you would complain about somewhere else, Unity was like, nah, it's like utopia over here. You know what I mean? It was like – yeah. I I, yeah. I couldn't find one thing to complain about personnel wise.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean the yeah, the company's really diverse and yeah. just kind of watching them what I mean so I mean, taking it back when I started at the company, my or the San Francisco office was maybe thirty people, mm. and you saw the mo- <laughs> the most recent office is uh, six stories with a side building with three more stories, few hundred people, and so it's really interesting to watch it grow, and not just to watch it grow, but to watch it kind of form this culture mm. um, of old, young, anything you can really think of, honestly, mm. and it's just like. Uh, it is really interesting to work with very experienced people. It's really interesting to work with a bunch of new people coming in with new thoughts. Um, I think you're trying to get at something else before that. Let me try and rewind it.
0: Just generally, you know, your, your start from uh, the college days and then into the first thing. <laughs> like that's oh. interesting a lot, to a lot of people.
1: Sure. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I I kind of
2: just walked into Unity and got a job. Not
0: home <laughs> oh,
1: runs. No, uh, Brent, I think
2: Brandon almost did the same thing. He was there for his first day orientation. Apparently,
1: <laughs> yeah, really? that's funny. Um, no, I mean, so I was going to school in San Francisco. I was going to the art institute, um, and I'm fairly privileged in the fact that GDC is also in San Francisco. Yeah. And so when when the time came around for GDC. My school was, uh, had some connections at unity that were kind of just looking for volunteers, looking for someone to kind of run game demos, booth demos. Um, and so I signed up for that and, uh, got that really quickly but the first day i came in for like my volunteer orientation i went up to the front desk i introduced myself and uh kind of just asked uh, if there was anyone willing to talk to me about a potential job and that turned into a job four hours later damn uh, damn, damn. <laughs> I, I i really lucked out i mean i wish i could say
0: it's that easy um for everybody but um <laughs> He's really good at interviews. (laughs) Yeah, I guess um, that's why you're the community manager.
2: (laughs) I got to hand it to you, man. I've never heard of that approach, so I'm really happy. Yeah, that's a
0: crazy approach.
2: But now you also just screwed over the Unity security guard. (laughs) As soon as this podcast goes (laughs)
1: live, (laughs) yeah. I mean that again. That was a whole different time for the company, though. That was Uh, 2000. 13 there's yeah. only like 30 people everyone in the office knew each other the the one thing about the growth that's been kind of jarring that's crazy for me, yeah yeah the one thing that's been kind of jarring is i don't know everyone in the office anymore and sometimes right. i can i can have like a meeting with people i i don't even know or have lunch mm-hmm. sitting next to someone i don't know which is really cool in the sense um that you get to meet new people but at the same time it's fairly jarring coming from a very
0: small like niche company to so much of a larger one Yeah, Yeah, I think your name tag needs to say number 30, Blaine. (laughs) So people know the different rinks around here. No, I, I try not to
1: pull
2: that card too frequently. Oh, too frequently. <laughs> yeah. there well, are well, times, sometimes... you know, when there's only two scoops of macaroni left. If your card, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are yeah. you, sixty-eight? Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's more fine. frequently.
1: <laughs> more frequently, it's uh, someone who's just recently joined the company. Will will ask like, "Hey, who are you? Who do you do?" And I give them the spiel, and then they they ask me like how long I've been here and I tell them three years and that kind of blows their mind because everyone else has been around for two or two at, new, yeah. not even two years maybe like a, a half a year to a year like we really expanded mm-hmm. a lot um, but then there's definitely people that have years on me like my, my boss when I was hired at the asset store had already been there for a year and he's still with right. us
0: yeah. uh, you're like I was here when we were buying our own lunches man <laughs> 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 that's true that's actually pretty pretty honest. <laughs> I don't even know how bad it was. No. Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: So- I mean honestly I think a lot of what lent uh, to me getting this job was just my experience with school um, and just this idea that the the position I landed was, like I said, kind of moderating art assets and it would be
0: mm-hmm.
1: anything from, hey, this rig's not quite properly set up. Let me, like, I wouldn't be able to f- fully show them how to fix it, but it would just be like, hey, it's not fully set up. Here's like a quick guide to like setting it up mm-hmm. um, all the way from like, hey, you've got a texture seam. If you just fix that and email me, I'll, I'll totally accept it. It just, we just want to try and keep some... Some standards on the store, and right, right. I mean, the asset store as a whole has actually exploded even since I've been there. Yeah, right. I don't know if you know, but the the way that the asset store works is you'll send, you'll submit an asset, and it'll be put in this line basically, and the line is all the assets waiting to be looked at. Mm. And so, back when I started, the line was maybe. 150 200 maybe 300 at maximum uh Mm -hmm. and i I looked at it more recently within the past few months and the the queue or the lines been up to like on average 900 to 1100 and that just blows my mind the the amount of expansion and the uh like amount of assets that fill the asset store but that's also Mm -hmm. kind of one of the things i really like about unity is if unity doesn't have a solution that you want or doesn't have a solution you like, you can either build it yourself or you can look to someone else who's already built it and then hopefully integrate it to your project,
2: which is really cool. Plug and play, man. (laughs) Yeah, really. So I have a question though. Uh, Since you got to see a lot of the assets in development before going to the asset store, was did you ever see like a gold rush as far as like, oh wow, I can get on the asset store and people would just put Here's 900 rocks, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 1099, (laughs) you know, (laughs) is there a lot of that going on in the early days?
1: uh, In the early days, maybe not as much. Nowadays, you'll what you'll kind of see is I think, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of like. sales background, but I I assume how an actual economy works is, I mean, obviously there's a a lot of demand and so what will happen is there'll be an asset that say sells really well and and people deem that that's really high demand right now. And so say it's like a low poly fantasy, just for the sake of the argument, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden there'll definitely be an influx of people creating similar packages to try and compete with that one. And I think Mm -hmm. you see that on a very frequent basis, but I think that kind of just echoes life in a sense and like a micro scale. Um, But you definitely do see that. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's like the app store, yeah. (laughs) Larry loves the app store, by the way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Have
0: you ever published the app store?
2: Uh, Back in the day, I did. I had my own iOS game development company. Oh, cool, cool.
0: But yeah, one of his biggest gripes... Yeah, (laughs) one of the biggest gripes with him... And what was happening with the Apple Store was this kind of the similar issue where you know uh, Flappy Birds yeah. super popular, and then there was like Flappy sure. Chickens, oh, flappy, you know, you can, just oh. diluting the market a bit.
2: Just for fun, yeah. like you Apple, could probably yeah. just say Flappy and a noun, and you'd be like ninety-nine <laughs> percent okay. right. Like it's already there. Ninety-nine percent chance to hit something already. So bad. It was so bad. Yeah.
0: So do you feel like with the asset store uh, now it's being – there's so many influxes that your audience has to kind of come from another source besides just to stand out from the crowd a bit? You know what I mean? To stand out from – the well, I think what's always
1: distinguished – and this is just speculation. I think what's always just distinguished the, the assets that do really well is the quality and the the time that gets put into it. So you can, you can easily create like a flipped asset copying someone else's work. And it might sell a little bit. It might do all right. But I think the people who uh, kind of stand by their work and the people who support their work after launching it are the ones that have become really successful in the asset store. And so it's kind of a testament to this idea that they become uh, support to their customers and uh, so, like, say uh, someone makes a large extension and, hey, new Unity version comes out. As soon as this new Unity version comes out, the more successful products will be able to take in, uh, like, bug fixes and fix their products so that they can kind of keep it up uh, to date with the actual core engine. And so I think while there has been a large influx in the, the Gold Rush analogy, mm-hmm. uh just it's a, it's a testament to the the people that put hard work in will probably get a lot more out of it if that makes sense.
2: So, let's talk about the growth of the Unity community then because, you know, obviously Unity starts I would say very garage band roots like, hey guys, we made this engine at GDC, you know, here's a CD with like a free version of Unity on it. Like I remember <laughs> Pick, those days. Out. Exactly. And then <laughs> now it's like internationally known, like translated in different languages, the tutorials and the information is everywhere Every everybody is using unity you know yeah. on every level triple a you know mid-level uh independent hobbyists like you guys are synonymous with independent game development for sure and definitely making a big stand on like you know professional top end uh, game development mm-hmm. as well for big companies how does that feel just to be part of that uh it feels
1: really good actually um you get like i said earlier to kind of talk to people from all different experience levels you get to talk from people uh, to people from all different backgrounds and growing with the company has felt really good it's it's pretty crazy i think uh one of the keys to their success was i mean one of our pillars at unity is this idea of democratizing game development and this idea that you can build on one platform which is or one engine in this case and kind of push out anywhere you'd like I think that's like that was a huge selling point in the early adoption of Unity and that kind of drove uh, the initial growth that they saw Mm -hmm. and I think the community's really grown alongside that in terms of uh, scaling fairly well and I mean yeah I think they just did such a good job at at targeting that one specific thing that Mm -hmm. they wanted to target that it really helped uh, in the end
0: Yeah. yeah like the craziest thing is like Finding that spark. But a lot of the companies have a hard time uh, or at least struggle with maintaining that growth. Like the exponential mm-hmm. growth and like just changing channeling the community to, to grow with it in a way. Mm-hmm. And like just your in your in your, your time there, the three years, that's so crazy that it grew from thirty two let's just say a <laughs> thousand. It felt sure. like a thousand oh. people over there. Yeah, I mean that's
1: just the san francisco office too so yeah. when i joined the company i was probably like 400 not th- 30 but i was 30 in san francisco right, um, right. everything yeah, starts I mean, in san francisco <laughs> everything starts <laughs> in san francisco that's fair i mean the company started in, in copenhagen and copenhagen, yeah. yeah um i think it's funny a lot of people know unity but random questions you know the first game that was ever made with unity oh no. what is it uh, i believe it was a game called Gooball. Gooba. Yeah, and it was kind of uh, like I believe it was David Helgeson and the original co-founders like project that they did. And they kind of took it from there and turned it into a game engine because they realized they had built something really
2: cool. Oh man. Nice. <laughs> Damn. That, is, that is the best story right there. <laughs> well, we just made this little game and, uh, the editor we made to make the game is like probably more valuable than the game. So we sold that.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Oh, that's cool, man. Um, is cool uh, I think it's it's really interesting how it started. some of the other game engines kind of started with the title mm-hmm. um and I guess in a sense unity did start with a title, but it wasn't like the key selling point um and so instead the the
0: tools and the engine were the key selling point, which is really neat. What year did they begin all this?
1: ooh, that is a good question I, I wanna say two thousand
2: 2003 I was guessing two thousand three since we're playing i wish i knew that off the top games. of my head I,
1: <laughs> I didn't realize we were playing 20 questions here
2: <laughs> well actually <Stalky> on two. <laughs> actually that that reminds me that reminds me we have this new segment at game dev on chain uh it's a little game that we play with the guests it's called the fast five the fast five the fast five so how it works okay. is i'm gonna ask you five rapid fire questions and i need five rapid fire answers Now, how well you do depends on how quick you answer, but it's just for fun. We don't give out T-shirts or anything. So Blaine, are you ready? Uh, Sure. Okay. (laughs) Question number one. What is your favorite game that was made with Unity?
1: Oh, Ori in the Blind Forest. Oh,
2: nice one. That's easy.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> question number gorgeous two. gorgeous
1: and good. Like, you can't fight that. <laughs> yeah, they,
2: they do a great job. Uh, question number two. What's your favorite company that actually does products with Unity? Like, what's your favorite Unity developer?
1: Ooh. I mean, does yeah. Blizzard count? Okay, Blizzard. Uh, Blizzard counts.
2: <laughs> Blizzard counts. All right, so big All All right. player.
1: Uh, not personally, but they're definitely my favorite company that has made a Unity title.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: gotcha.
0: <laughs> Take the <county>. Still
1: <laughs> Rapid fire, that's what happens. Yeah.
2: Now, question number three. What made you want to go to the Art Institute for college? Uh, I wanted to do special effects and films. Oh, nice. Uh, question number four. What was the special effects and film that kind of like made you say, holy <laughs> shit, this is it for me. I want to do it.
1: Oh, man, it was definitely I that's funny because I actually remember this It was definitely one of the Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings films Mm -hmm. there. There was a scene where they just had a massive orc army and it was all CG. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, I was just like, I want to find my way into CG, find my way into arts, films. And then it kind of just transferred over to video games and uh, my passion for those. So definitely Lord of the Rings.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Last question. This is the toughest one playing past toughest you. yeah question number five if any one game that exists that wasn't made in unity could have been made in unity that unity could have done better which game like unity could have made this game better uh which game would you say uh, oh unity could have made the game better i exactly. mean like had they just chosen to use every the other engine? game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, See, i mean honest, all honestly the above.
1: i think <laughs> I I think the game boils down to the people creating it and the tool supplements that. And so uh, I I don't know how to properly answer that one because I think a lot of games can can be made in Unity that do really well. A lot of games that could be made in Unity could do fairly poorly. Uh, It really boils down to the the team and their drive and their experience and want to publish it. So not to take a cop-out answer, but I think it, it boils down to the people making the game and the tools are there to supplement them
2: man the the guys at unity when they hear that answer they're like yes that's a that's a good solid you know non-competitive answer i I mean that's just
1: personally how i feel too like uh, an artist doesn't blame their their pencil or or paper if if something comes out wrong it's just boils down to amount of effort you want to put into something
2: yeah -hmm. yeah well, I hope you guys feel the same way when my hit game comes out and you guys come looking for the money. Like, hey, man, it's not, it's not the pencil, man. It's just me. Well, we're going to blame the pencil here. No, I, actually think <laughs> I really like Unity's pricing model. Like, I, I forget what, if I make a certain, I can just pay for the Unity Pro license and release my stuff. And, you know, what, 1500 is the is the recoup? Um. So let me try and recall this.
1: Sure. Uh, we have three current pricing tiers uh, free, uh, which includes mm-hmm. all the core engine. And then there's some services that you can pay a little extra to, mm-hmm. to gather. There's plus, which is 35 a month. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And that, I believe, gets you access to one of everyone's most like heated discussions of the, the dark skin UI versus not the dark skin UI. Um, but then you also <laughs> get some extra stuff. And then Pro, which I believe is 75 a month, and kicks you up a little higher. Um, and I think the only time that really changes is when you're working with a game that hits a revenue cap. I think right, right. The, the plus subscription, if you make over 100000 from your, your game a year, you have to give us a little bit of that that is not a little bit of it, but you have to pay a little more. And I think with pro it's 200,000. And so, I mean, it's really cool because it it, it boils down to our like core pillar again of democratizing game development is Hey, for, for free, anyone can really use the the engine and anyone can publish a game. It's only when you want to kind of take that to the next level as either an indie or a hobbyist, or you want to take that to the pro level that you really need to start paying um, unless you have a super mega hit and then you hit the revenue cap super fast. But,
2: <laughs> that revenue yeah i
1: mean cap. i i really liked <laughs> the revenue cap yeah I, I really liked uh i believe it was with unity 5 when we we switched our subscription model to free or we switched our pricing model to free
2: um i, I thought that was a really smart decision mm-hmm. that was the shock heard around the world man and at the time i was like super unreal fanboy so i need to thank you guys so much for being the first to kind of go free like that cuz i crytech unreal were very soon after and so then everyone was like yes game development tools i have now hit like free like anybody can learn anyone can make anyone can share and publish it was it's like the start of the renaissance for me it was so awesome so i definitely remember yeah. you guys going free I mean, talking about other game engines, Unreal was definitely the
1: first game engine I learned. Uh, and I think I then learned Unity and Crytek I never even tried to touch because I remembered its import pipeline was so confusing that yeah, I didn't really. want to deal with it. It's
0: pretty crappy. Yeah.
1: In, school, they taught us, <laughs> in school they taught us Unreal. Um, and I think while I was actually in school... Uh, the focus kind of shifted from this idea of unreal to unity and so it was kind of surreal to watch all of the programming classes all of my like mid-level programming classes and art classes switch from unreal to unity it was pretty neat
2: i think it's a smart move though and I may not have understood it at the time as a teacher, but the more I spend time with Unity and the more I work with it, I, I see long term merits that are just seeds today. Right. Like mm-hmm. with all these students, all these companies having access to a free tool, learning it, it's very popular on the assets or on the iTunes store with all the softwares that I'm seeing. It's like you guys are creating just this wave of people who are behind this product, you know, and that's only gonna continue. The people are only gonna get better at yep. Unity. They're only gonna be making more and more beautiful games or more fun stuff. And so I'm now sitting here like, damn, like 10 years from now am I gonna see games that come out in other engines besides the free ones that I see today. Right? Like yeah. what's Frostbite gonna mean 10 years from now? i'm serious that's That's a a good question that's a question i ask because i'm like there's gonna be less and less people going into the industry that are learning these these like exclusive engines and more and more people who have built careers out of using unity unreal you know what i mean it's gonna be so hard to find and train talent in these other areas when it's so plentiful in these other areas it's like i i i am like so intrigued to see what the the landscape is ten years from now as far as engine wise.
0: Yeah, I mean if you want to make Star Wars games, you would learn Frostbite. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much that. <laughs> if you wanna make one, you gotta learn EA's uh rule of thumb stuff. But like like the Unity's growth and i I feel like it it's accessibility and everything. The most impressive thing about it has been just how you guys nurture the community to communicate with each other. It seems like every time um uh, talk to an indie developer about their community it's just about how they get together talk about things trade like little tips and tricks and of course they're all using unity and i feel like it's the first out of all the engines that had built off of that Mm -hmm. uh, type of mindset um, yeah out out of everyone else
1: I mean, I've talked to people who said that they joined Unity just because, or not joined Unity, but started started using Unity just because the community looked so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And I mean, you get when you guys were in San Francisco at the office, you got to see our uh, local SF user group, and we we uh, aid those around the world. We don't like actually host them. We're we're really lucky that the San Francisco one gets to use our office, yeah. or, and I think that's great for them. And I think it's really cool that even though we're not officially putting these on ourselves that the community Mm -hmm. kind of pops up and makes all these user groups and makes all these places where you can kind of come ask questions of other people, come just meet other developers that are kind of like you um, and kind of just share some knowledge, I
2: guess. Yeah, that was crazy. I saw a guy doing like a Steve jobs presentation about unity and I was like, Oh, is this part of the company? Like, no, this is the user group. We are, they're just (laughs) off the street. Like, (laughs) immunity you know, winning one off up the street private trade secrets you know like whiteboards that they're not supposed to see but hey let's just all, no seriously I was like man these guys really give a shit I should stop cussing yeah they really care about the development and the, the nurturing of the community behind the product and I, I really feel like you guys do it right and I'm not even the fanboy I'm just being honest like I, yeah. I really feel the care and the concern and the, the interest in like maintaining that cycle between the community that uses the product and then the development of the product.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And
2: I think it's been kind of
1: fun to see the community grow into some of the different verticals that we're, we're looking at right now. So like games, the, the engine was obviously a game engine and I think it will always be at its core, like a game engine. Um, but we're also seeing cool new things like VR and film experiences and it's used in the automotive industry. So it's kind of cool to see uh, people of like different backgrounds aside from games joining us, mm-hmm. which is fun. Um, especially with like the explosiveness of VR and uh, some use of it in films has been really interesting
0: to see yeah like going off of that like I'm definitely seeing a convergence of two different groups that I knew of before and I'm talking about you know Larry and I come from kind of like a triple A development background and so Mm -hmm. we're used to those guys and how those guys work and so it, it really wasn't until we went up there on uh, to Unity and, and just being a part of that like indie talk um, at Unity where I just met these type of people that I knew existed but never really been a part of and it really did feel like something. It, it's the same feeling that uh, I get when I go out and I see these 12-year-olds playing a game on their phone that I'd never heard of but it's <laughs> obviously popular. And it's one of those things where, yeah, I'm growing old, where I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, you know, uh, paying attention to what's hot anymore. But at the same time, it's just like this whole other side of game development that I never really paid attention to, mm-hmm. and now that I'm being exposed to, from just the accessibility is being there, and this the sense of community is stronger than ever before, and uh, it's really cool to see that type of growth because we're still a young game industry right so seeing these type of changes happening so fast within just within my own decade of just game experience game development experience has been very impressive so i can't wait to see what what kind of pivots we're going to make in the future with all this stuff Mm -hmm. like we're talking about film experience we're talking about vr which is a whole different landscape um utilizing all these different engines uh, I just can't wait to see what, what, what will come out of all this. I mean, I know yeah. it's going to end up being the Matrix, but I like seeing <laughs> <laughs> the in between. <laughs> developments uh,
2: dude, getting there when you when you plug the thing into the back of your head it's gonna say made with unity right yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: it's so gonna um, be made with unity man uh,
1: that's funny uh, i can't wait i mean when you plug something in the back of your neck i think that's uh that means you made it <laughs> that's, we've we've hit it i don't think anyone
0: can possibly imagine what happens after that anymore seriously but it's funny but it's probably gonna be true like elon musk was arguing with zuckerberg in the new headlines now talking about how ai is going to like eventually it hurt us and we should be wary of their, you know we should put some laws in before the it's too late type stuff. But sure. It's right. definitely gonna be made with unity. Like the first AI is gonna be <laughs>
2: <laughs> are to the first killer robots and we made because i don't I don't think so <laughs> we are I hate to say it, and I probably shouldn't even say this on the podcast, but I feel like we're only like weeks away from the first person attaching like a gun to a damn drone, and you know what i mean like it's you can do that now, you know that's the scary part it's like what do you do like how do you even
0: you put some points and <laughs> achievements.
2: <laughs> that's terrible, but, but that's a that's a real fear that I have. Is like that's a real fear. I was thinking well, what about I've that seen the other day is like, oh, go ahead
0: Well, you you see like these drones going a little off topic. You see those guys with drones now, where they put the VR headset and with the GoPro camera on the drone, and they're just flying it around. That's in the exactly
2: park. what I'm saying. Like that, you know, that yeah. guy is like half a mile, you know, to <laughs> your left. You <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I
0: look at it, and I'm like. Look at this peeping top This guy is yeah, <laughs> guys spying. What are you doing?
2: If you see a drone flying near you, that person is at at most or at least seven minutes away, I think. Because what is it, like yeah. a 15-minute average oh, yeah, flight time? Yeah. Right, 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 he could be right, seven minutes away. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, oh my god, it's oh it's so scary.
0: That's all thanks. That's all <laughs> thanks to the game industry, man. It's crazy, man. Uh, talking about converging is like these industries are, are going to rely on us. Like even film nowadays, they're, they're trying to create an interactivity mm-hmm. with the movies to see what is the next reason for people to go to theaters. And
1: Yeah. I mean, I think as we move forward, both industries will, will learn a lot from each other. Like uh, a great example is, uh, we recently started bringing some like film quality tools into our, our engine. But in return, there's also people who for the past few years have been using our engine to create uh, shorts or uh, different aspects of films. And so I think as we move forward, it'll kind of be the symbiotic uh, like learning experience for both. And who knows what it'll blossom into. Um, but it'll be a fun time to to kind of like grow and learn. Definitely.
2: Amen. I'm excited to see the new developments coming out of Unity. Um, I know you guys are probably working on some cool stuff, but <laughs> there is one question I can ask is, is there any insight as to why you guys go from like Unity 5, 6, 7, 8 to now Unity 2017.x?
1: Um, I mean, so last year we we moved to a subscription service, and mm-hmm. I think uh, that actually just moving to like the yearly type naming convention you see a lot of software doing it like adobe moved like years ago to just like either just having adobe or like a version number um that's not that's not necessarily bound to like a number mm-hmm. but more tied to like when it was released mm-hmm. uh, i think it helps with clarity and i think uh it kind of just helps uh aid the subscription system that we've moved into it's like if you're you're paying for a year of subscription that year is 2017 yeah. of march to 2017 of april mm-hmm. um, yeah And I mean, I can't speak for why it was chosen specifically, but that's kind of just my my guess and my speculation. I think it just, moving forward, I think it's just healthier. You don't want to have Unity 27. It's not like we have 15 Final (laughs) Fantasies already.
2: (laughs)
0: Yeah. I see software and hardware doing that a lot. Like I'm pretty sure PS4 at some point it's going to be PS 2020. The PlayStation. <laughs> I mean, those are interesting because those don't
1: iterate as quickly as a lot of softwares do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, not, we'll I, I, mean, I hope we don't get
0: to the point where I'm buying a new PlayStation. I was like, I'm losing track, man.
2: Yeah. I think soon enough consoles are going to get to the point where they just need to be good enough to stream the video. Yeah. And I'm hoping that everything else is off site. Like, that would be great. It's going to be on the cloud.
1: Yeah. Hasn't Sony already started doing that with their, their now service? Yeah, they're pioneering yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. They bought a whole, is it Gakai E or yeah. something? Where they do all the uh, hardware through the cloud. Yeah, and but, so you okay. have the ability to play it off of any phone or tablet or whatever it is.
2: Now think about if the PlayStation five was simply just a controller and a Netflix account, right? Like game changer. <laughs> Seriously.
1: though, You know what I mean? I like, mean, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's,
2: yeah PlayStation five, $90. You just need a damn controller and a smart TV. Right? <laughs> like that's, I mean,
1: to be fair, when I bought my PlayStation four, it was definitely a Netflix box for a while, but, <laughs> 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 but it wasn't intended to be, yeah. <laughs>
2: But yeah, I'm looking forward to that life where people understand, like, I'm not going to invest in these boxes every two and a half years now, three years. What is it? Because they have the now half generation that's coming out. Mm-hmm. The faster they get to, hey, player, just buy this controller and pay us X dollars a month for our online service, access to all these games, which will just beam to you. I'm done. That's I don't crazy. Need I box. remember.
1: Uh, yeah, that's fair I remember years ago probably like 2008 or 2009 I think there's a few streaming services that tried to do that on your PC mm-hmm. where you would just pay it, I mean it was post Napster and post LimeWire but it was definitely oh, like wow. a, a round it was around I don't know is Gamefly still around uh, It's definitely possibly. like wild Gamefly I think, I think really it is now. yeah
0: Gamefly is still around yeah Oh, oh man, I can't crazy. believe it's still around to be <laughs> yeah. Else, uh, but yeah I mean it's we'll Gamefly right now <laughs>
1: uh, that's a good question yeah, I
2: bet I could of think of one. Yeah. I bet lots, <laughs> lots of YouTubers probably use Gamefly because instead of buying uh, all just, the yeah. games that they need to play to keep their content fresh, they probably just... I'm sure some of them use Gamefly. I don't know the right. number, but...
1: It's possible. I mean, if you're a pretty big YouTuber, I imagine people just send you their games. Also, yeah. Honestly.
2: <laughs> Damn.
1: Damn.
2: <laughs> so jealous. <I> mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's what being an... Inf- Uh, Influencer of some sort is like
2: Speaking of influencers (laughs) If it wasn't for Speaking of Yeah if it wasn't for Blaine uh, Podcast audience Brandon and I Would not have been able to go And actually see behind the scenes At Unity Which led to a couple Of great relationships And him being on this podcast With us So again (laughs) Special shout out to Blaine For putting that together And definitely a big shout out To Unity Thanks for being awesome And caring about You know people using your product Yeah Definitely, thanks to to
1: Unity for enabling us to do it for sure. Uh, it was a it was a really easy sell. Actually, I, I went to my boss and I was like, "Hey, I want to help grow relationships in the community and help kind of empower a few like select people." And he was just like, "Sure, here's your budget. Like, <laughs> like don't <laughs> 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 <I> just <laughs>
2: yeah. <any> you." <laughs> hey, I didn't have time you to count <laughs> this. Just, you you know, <laughs> know you
1: it's a very like very cursory <laughs> glance of the exchange but it it was it, it boils down to the fact that uh, the people above me wanted to enable the same thing and I think that's really cool to work at a company that that kind of echoes the sentiment for community and echoes the idea that it's kind of the foundation of a lot of who we are mm-hmm. as a company
2: so that's the cool thing that you did on the unity side. Is there anything that you would want to see like happen from the community side, right? Like I would love it if the community itself did more of X or more of Y or more of, you know what I mean? Like without your involvement or handholding.
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I would like, See some more game jams happen personally. Mm -hmm. Game jams, art jams, like, uh, I mean, I know when I was going through school, a lot of what kind of encouraged me and motivated me was the the poly count art challenges they would hold. And I think Mm -hmm. uh, if the community, if like developers kind of got into this habit of like creating these open, not competitions, but just uh, spaces for people to uh, work towards a common goal, compare, share each other's knowledge. And I think that would kind of lend towards more people getting knowledge quicker and like this idea that we'd be able to kind of accommodate for more backgrounds and more types of people so personally i think uh like some some group challenges some group critiques some group uh work
0: studies i guess for lack of a better word wouldn't would be what i'd really like to see mm-hmm. oh, that's awesome i agree it's, it's gonna be some sort of gameception <laughs> where you're <laughs> walking <laughs> around as an avatar and you're game jamming within a game <laughs> second life you can have that one for free yeah, for yeah there you go available. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd be cool to have a virtual space where you can meet up. I mean, I mean like that would be the next next form of forums, basically. The for, The funny thing about forums is, like, like you said, like it's the Polycount days has been so, uh, I mean, influential and inspirational for all for every game develop out there, but. Mm-hmm. The, Forms has not changed. <laughs> it's still mostly ugly, right? And yeah. it's just a message board. <laughs> so, it's really weird no one has that ever like upgraded or evolved that. I like, I type mean I of
2: communication. I was going to say sure. uh, Blaine actually you jump in you're the guest but I have a comment. Okay, I mean go ahead. Go ahead, okay. go ahead. So I feel like Forms for us was just the text, right? Like text mm-hmm. and graphics at most, maybe some glitter GIFs. Like, oh, this is, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like glitter. I think kids and like high schoolers yeah. nowadays are YouTube is their form. They have their, their, their content at the top and then all the comments works so much. So like form, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's mm-hmm. like, it is a persistent conversation between individuals garnished under usually some sort of subject matter, which happens to be the video. Mm-hmm. So I feel right, like right, right. the forum experience is kind of wrapped into YouTube now for people who didn't get down like we did back in the day. Right, right. You know? Yeah.
1: I mean, Brandon, to your point, I think people have tried to, like, replicate forms or tried to upgrade them. And you see, like, now you see Discord, I think, just recently passed Slack as the most used communication tool or something. Right, right, which right. Is right. Insane, is, which is seriously. insane to
0: think. That's quick. That was quick. Um, That's some unity. <laughs> bro- <laughs> um, but <laughs> I thought it was only announced like a year ago or two, right? At least when yeah. I heard of it, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it targets a huge audience, so I think that that makes sense, but something I gamer think audience, yeah. the forums will have that'll be really hard to replace is the idea of permanence, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like really easily finding knowledge, and so when you look at programs like Slack or Discord, sure, there's a lot of ways to communicate and talk to other people, but if I, a year down the line, had a question, mm-hmm. and the cool thing about forums I can go in there, search my question, find the answer, it's still there, it might be a little outdated but you can kind of work with it as long as you understand right. like the knowledge behind it um and so that's something i think will be a challenge to replicate um it's just this idea of having a really findable like base of like it, a
0: forum basically just becomes a pool of knowledge after it's right. been for long enough here's a solution, <laughs> solution. yeah Sorry. you know how facebook has the sh- share memories <laughs> <laughs> sure like on this day this was posted i mean that would be a way to kind of pull up old Crap! Are <laughs> <laughs> you pull up old
1: crap in like a, a messenger format or?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, like it's straight up, like uh, you know, a year ago this was commented on or something, and
1: yeah, I mean that's fair.
0: A way to just kind of you know uh, bring it up again, and then maybe there's an extra link that shows you, you know on this day these are the things that were talked about. Mm-hmm. Like that's sure. the only time I've seen like old stuff. Coming up on its own, mm-hmm. uh, based on an algorithm that I find sometimes pretty useful. Like, oh man, yeah, yeah, I did post this. Oh, it's kind of cool. <laughs> Without yeah, me I will hype this. Like, <laughs> I don't want to see this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, what's up with my hair that time, yeah. But like, it' yeah. uh, oh, really cool. Yeah, there you go. Someone make that. <laughs> Someone make that. Do
1: it. Yeah, I mean, I think down the line, there will probably be a solution. I think that's just something that's kind of led to
0: to forum sticking around this idea that it becomes a a pool of knowledge. Yes, yes. No, I I definitely agree. Like just having – that's the thing with Slack and Discord nowadays. It's just everything is a passing comment. And then after it gets out of your, like, maximum window, it's like it's forgotten. Like, I'm not digging through that.
1: Yeah. One (laughs) of my biggest pet peeves is uh, at work, if someone, like, direct messages me on Slack with a a question, (laughs) that's, like, a fairly important question because – Personally, I would much rather have the permanence of it sitting in my email or my right, right, right. every ten minutes when I look at my email that it's there, versus like, "Oops, the notification's gone. I totally forgot that I needed. I to yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> totally exactly. forgot exactly. that I needed to do uh, this." You're you're basically reading it as it's like going down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just disappearing in five seconds. Yeah,
2: don't have a conversation yeah. I mean, after that question, and then it's yeah, forget about <laughs>
0: scrolled it. Rolled up so far. Well, <laughs> Slack is the only one that has nested comments, right? Discord doesn't have that. You can nest comments underneath. Yeah, each other. I believe Slack has it and Discord doesn't. But it still moves down. That's the problem. It's yeah. like a bunch of comments moving down at once. Yeah. But yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that's, that's just kind of like social media and the amount of people online nowadays is, is like massive and it, it's hard to keep up.
0: We'll I think it's really Speaking funny. On Speaking so just, on this, okay, I'll, I'll follow up with that.
1: Okay. Go ahead. I, I thought it was really funny. One of my favorite things to see on the Unity uh, Twitter account is if someone like at mentions us, and then they they say something like they don't actually see this or something, and I'll just send like, <laughs> a,
0: like, <it's>, like <laughs> this was love your love of just like hey, I'm here. <laughs> kind of. Maybe made. you shouldn't blast that. Now everyone's gonna be Excuse like, like <laughs> hashtag. No one's gonna see this. Made with Unity. Hashtag.
2: No one's gonna see this. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna see my new, <laughs> new game. On the iTunes pay. store for two ninety nine. They're never gonna see this.
0: <laughs> never, never. I dare you to to even try to see this. At Blaine doesn't yeah. even read these. <laughs> <laughs> You're just
1: gonna get me in trouble.
0: <laughs> anyway, kind of falling up on what we were just saying before. Like, there's just so much on social. That's to me the most overwhelming part about social media. The social part. It's just so much. <laughs> To keep up with like i i i admire you guys being able to juggle. it feels like juggling to me mm-hmm. where you're on these different social platforms I know there are like programs where you can make one message and it just blast it on everything else, mm-hmm. but even that feels like so much work, and you say like the retention comes from sharing your opinion on top of a topic you share right not just sure. echoing a message so to me it's just it's like a full-time job on a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to reiterate,
1: like say we're sharing something from 80 level, for example, like, mm-hmm. sure, like someone will like that comment from our feed, but what's the value of them following us over following 80 level? And so it's that idea of adding, adding something of substance, adding something to it so that you can kind of have your own take on it, which is uh, what really I think helps succeed.
2: So, I got a question for you uh while we were there in San Francisco, you kind of harped on the importance of tagging you know your social media posts that made with unity and you know sometimes <laughs> you guys like repost that. Do you want to kind of go into that for some of the listeners? yeah, I mean our our social media accounts
1: and for this sake we'll, we'll say Twitter um, we run two campaigns um, and they're kind of like ways for us to spread awareness our first one is as you mentioned on on Friday uh, we really actively dig through the made with unity hashtag and try and find uh, someone's cool gift someone's fun like blog that they're working on and kind of echoing that across our social to just kind of boost all the, the awesome things that people are doing in unity mm-hmm. um, and so that's we, we share it frequently but on Friday we really sit down and that's like Friday is all about sharing community content um and then on tuesday we have another hashtag we do which is unity tips so just hashtag unity tips and that's that's fun for me personally because uh what we do is we encourage people to to share their tips so it's like hey did you know you can actually copy paste color values in the inspector or hey you can drag this to here and it'll it'll do this thing Um, and i think it's really fun to see uh all the different ways that people kind of work with unity and all these little shortcuts that they didn't know. Fun facts. My favorite shortcut in unity is control shift F, which will put, uh, whatever game object you have selected, wherever your camera, your, are like inspect your, your, editor window camera is so it kind of just like if you're moving stuff around and you found the perfect camera angle and you want your camera right there mm-hmm. if you click your camera and control shift F it'll just mimic the, the view that you have And oh, so nice. like stuff like that is what we try and share and it's stuff like that we also share uh, if you make like a hey here's this github uh, repository of this custom tool that I've made that I just want people to use and people to share we, we also blast those out because um, I think it's really valuable to share not only knowledge but resources that other people have made um, and so yeah, those are the the two primary social media campaigns. We have a lot more that run uh, like more sporadically, but those mm-hmm. have been around for the whole time I've been a community manager.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever pull like an Autodesk and just say, "Wow, look at this tool in the Asset Store that should probably just be in Unity. Let's go. And, <laughs> let's just go and integrate well, that up. and pay this person." I mean, there's two examples of that already. We. I think last
1: GDC we announced we brought NGUI. Uh, mm-hmm. we I, we haven't fully integrated it into the engine but we've made it free on the asset store and uh, accessible to everyone. Um, and then more recently we fully integrated or no cinema machines in the same spot as we we yeah. took cinema machine which is the, this beautiful like film quality camera rig that you can assign to your game object your character controller and it can kind of procedurally and dynamically generate the the best shot they can they can find you and so i think that's really cool and those are two asset store assets that we've kind of nested under our engine even though we haven't been able to fully bring them in yet um so yeah i mean i think like i said earlier that's one of the cool things about unity is if if it doesn't work the way you want it to you can just make it work if you uh spend some time doing it
0: uh yeah i mean as a community manager working with yeah, URD, sure. what are the biggest goals that you feel uh, that you your team wants to achieve within the growth or, or whatever that you guys want
2: to do for the next five more years. pro subscriptions? Thank you, Brandon.
0: <laughs> more pro um, subscriptions. <laughs> I I'm, I'm joking.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean it's it's more pro subscriptions. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, for me personally, I, I mean we all have our own goals, which I think is kind of cool. Our teams. Uh, a team of five uh, and we all have our own little like subset that we do and so for me personally for the next probably year two years i'm really heavily focused on uh growing the artist community in mm-hmm. both our engine and like an uh, engine adoption and in like our forums to finding a place where they can find resources to finding a place so they can get started um and so my biggest goal is to to bring more artists into unity personally and uh I think that's very achievable with some of the improvements we've made over the past few years. Um, And that's definitely my biggest focus. Uh, Aside from that, just overall engagement is something we always want to want to bring up overall activity, overall like community sentiment of like what we're doing and making sure everyone's kind of I mean, you'll never get everyone, but making sure that you you have a lot of people that kind of like the way the company's going. And that's what we help foster.
0: All right.
2: Yeah. Well, Blaine, I hate to tell you this, but as of just this second, we have been podcasting for over an hour. Oh, looks like I don't have time to do my spiel. Yeah, it is is now time for Brandon and I to refill our coffee, and we're going to let you hold down the microphone all by yourself. This is your opportunity to talk directly to our audience and tell them something that you're excited about, something that you're going to promote or you just want to raise awareness for or draw attention to. Mr. Blaine Pascu, the floor is yours.
1: Oh, floor is mine uh i mean i guess of this whole podcast one of the things that's that that stood out the the most to me was talking about school a little bit and i think i mean i'm not quite sure the, the audience but uh assuming some of your students my biggest advice to you is to walk in a door and just ask for a job no my biggest ah. advice is actually <laughs> my biggest advice is to kind of just uh put in the effort you want to get out and and like regardless of what school you're going to it's it really boils down to the amount of time you spend working on your your field working on your tool like your your kit that you're building yourself and uh well i can't guarantee that'll get you a job that, that's definitely the right way to think about things mm-hmm. um in terms of unity uh, i mean we've got a lot of cool stuff coming unfortunately while i do you have a, a like a gate that I'm holding, unfortunately. I can't say a whole lot. <laughs> uh, I can't say that. We've got some really awesome stuff coming. Uh, we just released some really awesome stuff with Unity 2017, and so far the community response has been that it's uh, extremely stable, and specifically Timeline and Cinemachine, which were two of the, the features we launched. I've got a lot of really positive feedback, and we're really happy about that. Um, so if you're ever at a Unity event such as uh, the upcoming Unite Austin, feel free to find me and say Say hi. Say hey, I found you on Brennan and Larry's podcast. <laughs> and uh yeah, I mean thank I mean just thank you everyone that's in the game development computer community. It's an awesome kind of field to be in.
2: All right. Well, uh the Unity logo is black and white. I'm Larry Charles. I'm saying goodnight. Hey, it is Brandon Fan. Thanks for joining us. See you guys next week. <laughs> I
1: don't know if I was supposed to say bye. <laughs> there you go.
2: That was there it. You go. <laughs> that was it. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash dev unchained.